Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I'm your host. And in this episode, we will have a conversation with Mrs. Sue Alcock, the director of Alcock's Services Group, to gain a better understanding of general pest control. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, have a listen to this. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulated Plumber. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Sue, welcome to the studio. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Willem. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as you've said, I am a dir- I'm one of the directors at Alcock Services Group, and my main focus in the company is operations manager for our pest control and hygiene divisions. Uh-huh. So I basically book appointments for the staff and ensure that all their chemicals are purchased and get them going out on the road and visiting our customers that need to be seen on a, on a monthly basis. Operations is quite a big responsibility. Um, but what, what, about your, what about your background, Sue? Have you always been involved with Alcox Services Group? Okay, I started in 2003, actually as my husband's secretary. Very small company. And because I didn't know how to answer some customers, I ended up doing um, a distance learning course with Paquita and my main focus for me here in the company is to do your wood bore inspections for property sales and then also your commercial, industrial and domestic pest control. Then you also get your weed control where um, you have alien invasive plants that need to be removed as I'm sure you can see on the highways up in Gauteng, same as in KZN, there are a lot of alien invasive plants um, that are growing up against the side of the road, which becomes a hazard for mm. um, motorists if they can't see properly, etc. So I, I did all the studying and then in 2006 I was asked by Paquita if I would like to become an assessor for them. So I did my assessor training and then later on did my moderator training as well. So for me, it's it's a wonderful opportunity working with Paquita to be able to interact with their students and do the training for Paquita. Just to just to share that knowledge and, and invest in the in the future operators and technicians. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. So you, you mentioned we, we, we talk about Alcox Services Group, and you mentioned two aspects of the group, or two uh, shall we call it companies within the group? Is the hygiene for which you are responsible, and then also the pest control yes. uh, division or company. 
please tell us a little bit more about Alcox Services Group. Um, like things like when was it established? What are your services? Uh, is it is it registered with SAPCO? Yes. Okay. So we the company's actually been going for fifty one years. Oh, um, well done. Was owned by my husband's by my husband's parents. Okay, I'm not that old, but yeah. um, so <laughs> um, so my husband's parents started the company, and then when um, my husband left the army, he then joined the company and eventually bought his parents out, and so then sort of took over the the running of the company, and. Eventually, we were just well, we were just doing pest control, and then added on our electrical division and then our hygiene division. Originally, the idea for the pest control division was when you have a property sale, you need to um, have two inspections: it's the wood bore inspection and the electrical compliance inspection. Um, and so that's why we, we have those two companies. And then, of course, the hygiene company, we do washroom facilities. So we don't go and do daily cleaning. It's mainly sorting out um, sanitizers for toilets, making sure air fresheners are working, um, c- collecting sanitary waste. Um, and we, have, we are members of um, SAPCA. Um, we have been for many years. So, so obviously, when you appoint uh, new operators or technicians um, within your, whether it be in your in your uh, electricity company or your hygiene company, etc., but but let's focus on the pest control uh, company. What are your requirements? for new operators or technicians when you appoint new team members? How do you ensure that you have the most effective team of operators within your company? Now, one can employ people two different ways. Either employ a fully qualified PCO, so by that I mean they have already had their training and they have their own P registration, which allows them to do their pest control independently, so in other words, on their own, or alternatively, you go the route we did where we employed um, staff members and then had them do a skills development course with um, Paquita and then do the six months training, which is a requirement by the Department of Agriculture, um, to then be able to get their own P number and then work independently because part of the the whole training besides getting the theory from from the courses that Paquita offer um, you then have to go out and work under the supervision of an already qualified pest control operator so mm-hmm. they can't just go out and some go and do um, a treatment by themselves, they need somebody watching over to make sure that they don't make any mistakes. And once they've done the six months practical training, they can then go and apply to the Department of Agriculture for their own P number. And then, like I have my staff now, they can then go out and service my customers without me having to go with them. And supervise them. Yes. Sue, so, uh, you, 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 
the P number that you refer to. Yes. Um, I had always had it in mind that that is a number that comes from SAPCA. Um, but you just mentioned that once they qualified and they've undergone the six months, uh, you know, f- working under supervision um, for that extra part of the training, um, it, you mentioned that they can go to, was it the, the Department it's, it's of it's Agriculture? Yeah, it's the Department to, to of Agriculture. They've had a name change. It's the Department of Agriculture, Land Affairs and Rural Development. I, th- I think, I think uh-huh. I've got it right. Um, and... They need to fill out an application form and go for a medical and then their supervisor, so the the peer registered person that was um, training them has to then give a um, testimonial, like a testimonial to state that they've worked under, you know, so-and-so's worked under their supervision from X date to X date, and these are the pests they've been treating. So, you know, whether it's cockroaches or rodents or flies, whatever they've been doing, and that that then goes with the paperwork to the Department of Agriculture. And they they basically, they, they can phone the qualified peer registered person and ask questions um, or they take the information that is sent to them and work with that all right so so the so the p number is given by the government then in other words correct okay correct. that's fine i find that very interesting uh, the fact is that when it comes to pest control and the chemicals that they work with there's quite a big risk involved in it. Is that correct? I mean, there's a risk involved for the operator who uses those the chemicals, and there's also a risk uh, on the environment, and there's a risk on pets and consumers, the, the, the customers at which prem- is whose premises its uh, pest control services are delivered. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So, for the PCO, or the the, gen- the gentleman or lady that is trying to become a qualified PCO or pest control operator, mm-hmm. um, during their training, they are trained in terms of what equipment they need to use when they're going out to see customers. So, for example, if I'm going to go and do a cockroach spray, I will then need to wear an overall, I'll need to wear safety shoes, gloves a respirator and when I'm mixing my chemicals or my pesticides I will then also perhaps need to wear a face shield Mm. so in cases of splashes my face is protected so for each for example another one if I'm now not doing a liquid spray I'm going to use a cockroach gel all I would need are my gloves and I would wear my respirator just to make sure and that besides obviously my overall and safety shoes. So you don't need to wear as much in terms of safety gear. So it depends on the risk that is um, of, of exposure that you are going to or the PCO is going to um, come in contact with. And that's that's for the as to how much they wear. That's that's for the operators, but but how about for the for the customers? In, in okay, yes. So for the customers, before we go and um, visit the customer, it would either be um, more than likely it's going to be an, an you would send them an an, an internet. Um, presentation in terms of what you or an email what you would like them to do for you so for example in terms of a cockroach treatment 
um, we normally go in, in a, a, just in a domestic environment. So in other words, a, a normal person's home. You would say to your customer, first of all, that you need to have the pets and children kept away from the home. So you, as a, a company, we try and do, for example, when um, the children are at school, we ask where, you know, if they do have um, children of school going age, can we rather come in the morning than when they're at home in the afternoon? So we're trying to prevent a risk factor by having the children away. The pets need to be kept in a certain area. So if they have, for example, a courtyard where initially they can go and put the, for example, let's say a dog um, away so that when we're doing the, the spraying, the dog doesn't go and stand on the wet surfaces that mm. we've just treated. We'd ask our customer that um, if they could please wash their floors before we come because, for example, if we're going to do an internal perimeter spray where the floors and the wall meet, um, so it is a, a very limited area, you don't want your customer the next day going to go and clean the floors and of course take all your chemical yeah. away and then phone you in, a, in two days time and say, oh, but you didn't kill my cockroaches because now they, there's no chemical, etc." cetera. I washed <laughs> so it off. Understand. So we, we <laughs> yeah, well, no, they're not going to admit that. <laughs> so we, we give them the guidelines and of course then we ask them when we are doing the treatment to rather please just stay outside while we're doing the mm. treatment, especially the spray treatment. Um, and then once the surfaces are dry, they can then come in and carry on as normal. We also ask them to keep their, their doors and their windows open. So that will assist with getting a breeze in. And in today's society, we have a lot of chemicals that are odorless. And... Um, when I started training, there were a lot of chemicals that had a very, very strong odor um, to the point where some customers, if they were slightly asthmatic, would actually have an asthma attack because mm. the, the chemical smell was just so strong. So things have moved on and at least now we have the odorless chemicals and of course our gels, which are of real help. But certainly, it, it, you know, it, it, it's from what I hear, all the, the, the possible measurements um, are being put into place to ensure customer safety and ensure operator safety and, and pets and environment safety as well. And hence the fact and the importance of being properly trained and ac adequately qualified to, to operate as a, as a PTO. Yes, it's, it's, imp it's a just imperative. You have to be properly qualified. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB-registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. So, 
what exactly you a little earlier in the conversation you mentioned uh, you know commercial domestic industrial pest control uh, what exactly is the difference between those okay so obviously domestic is your normal run-of-the-mill home it could be a freestanding house a simplex a duplex or a flat in a block of flats so that's your domestic environment then you get your commercial and industrial so those can be um, big warehouses they could be um, complexes like I am in at the moment where we're a whole group of um, warehouses put together but we have our office area and then a very small warehouse area. So whilst we're not really storing great things like, um, let's say, for example, um, a paint warehouse. somebody that's going, a paint warehouse or somebody that manufactures food. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, your food environments are totally different to, let's say, a, a somebody that's storing tins of paint. Yes. You know, because with the food environment, you have to be very careful in terms of what chemicals you use. And it also boils down to whether they are HACCP compliant or not. Uh So that is a food safety standard. So there you're not allowed to go and put any chemicals where the manufacturing part is. You can go and put it on the outside of the buildings, um, in these canteens, in the, the toilets, and inside you're going to have monitoring stations. So it's it's a different form of pest control, but just obviously using um, less, it's less of the insecticides as it were, and more on maintaining the, the, the building in terms of cleanliness. Mm. So less, when you've gone and- A less intrusive process then, in other words. Yes, yes. That's correct. I, I read on your on your website on on um, uh, Alcox Services Group's website um, that you also do, and you mentioned it yourself earlier on in the conversation. Did you also do entomological inspections? What are those? Okay, they're inspections for mainly property sales. So um, on the coastal areas of South Africa, it is a requirement to have an entomological clearance certificate issued. So a qualified wood wood destroying insect or organism inspector will go out and inspect the premises for wood destroying pests. And those include your termites, so you've got your dry wood termites and your subterranean termites, and then your wood boring beetles, like your anobids and your cerambicids and bostrichids. So I'm just giving you the family names yeah. as opposed to naming actual ones. Um, and if the property is free and clear of any wood destroying insects or organisms, then a certificate of clearance can be issued. However, if there is a problem. So, for example, we have, particularly in KZN, we have an insect or a dry wood termite called Cryptotermes brevis, or our West Indian dry wood termite, and he infests homes that have, obviously, wooden roofs, wooden windows, doors, and particularly in the older homes where, during construction, they didn't pre-treat the timber in the roof voids. So 
the tim the the wood borer comes in it's a flying insect mm -hmm. during flighting season it comes bores into the timber and um a male and female will go together and basically form um, a colony and eventually it becomes her responsibility to produce the offspring. So we call her the queen of the nest. Mm -hmm. So she then produces um, the other insects which are now going to eventually start looking after her and also boring into the timber further, making galleries and this can cause quite bad damage sure. if left untreated. You know, roof collapse and things like that. Mm. So um, for a property sale, particularly of um, a freestanding home, you need to have a fumigation if you've had an entomological, you know, if you are selling your home. And that can either be with methyl bromide or a another uh, gas which is called profume and this will then eradicate the borer that are there at the time of the fumigation mm. however our biggest problem is both the fumigants don't leave a residue so a lot of people say to us oh but you know you go and you have this fumigation done and um, your next door neighbour two days later can go and spread their borer back in yeah. your home yeah that is un that's unfortunately the risk, but, but for a property sale, that's what you have to do. You, it's, you're correct. It's the risk that uh, that is associated with, but it's also the reality. Uh, it's not necessarily yes. something that you can control. I mean, you can't control what is in uh, your neighbor's home. No, no <laughs> we can't. No, we can't. And you know, obviously, it becomes very complicated when you now have an individual flat in a block of flats, mm. or where you've got simplexes or duplexes that are lined. You know, you've got six in a row, and they all share the same roof. Yeah. It becomes a problem because normally the roof void belongs to the body corporate. So you don't deal with the, the roof void. You're dealing with the actual inside of the unit. Yes. And you can't go and do a, a, either a methyl bromide or profume fumigation without everybody moving out for the day or yeah. at least two days and two nights. And let's face it, people are not prepared to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why should I do that? It's not, I'm, I don't have a problem. <laughs> so, so then you've it's, got to... <laughs> it's only until they do, then they come crying to you. <laughs> exactly, yes, yeah. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so that's where the entomological inspections side comes in. Sue, so throughout the years, what have you determined to be some of the most common types of pests in South Africa? I would say your cockroaches, your rodents, and then obviously there's different seasons. So for example, if I was working in a, a stable environment, so we had horses or on a farm where they're cows, um, you're going to have a big fly problem. So I can say cockroaches and rodents because that's what affects me in town. But other PCOs will say, oh no, but it's flies or if you are in the industry of doing stored commodity pests, so for example, um, you go and service um, warehouses that store flour or maize or even a, a mill, um, they would then say, oh no, but stored commodities is their, their big problem. So your mm. meal moths and things like that. So 
each person is going to probably answer a different way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on, on, on their circumstances, their environment, wh what they work yes. with, what they store, where they are. The season, you even mentioned that season can have an effect as well. Um, that's interesting. I mean, as a consumer, I, I, you know, we, we don't think about those kind of things. Um, so it's just interesting to, to, to hear that from somebody who's actually um, been in the industry for so many years. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Sue, I want to ask you if you have any last words or final statements to our audience as we're drawing this episode to a close. Um, perhaps some form of motivation for them to complete the correct and the required training uh, to operate in their specific field or, or any other words of advice or, or final statements from you? Okay. For me, I just really feel that any prospective PCOs or students walking in the door, please, you need to have the training. It's important. It doesn't matter who who you are or what you are, you need to have the training done by recognized training inst institutions, number one. And number two, go and complete your training by going to do the six months with a registered PCO. Don't go and, um, and maybe I shouldn't even say this, there are people that are just signing prospective students off for their six months. They haven't even done the six months and that's not going to help the student. It's actually mm -hmm. going to cause a problem because they, if they don't have the specific training, they could actually hurt the environment, somebody's sure. property, themselves or their customers. So There are just too many risks associated you know, with that. Yeah, there's too many risks. So rather do it the right way, go and attend whether it's a skills development course, an online or distance learning course, whichever mode suits you best. But that six months practical training is imperative because, you know, we can only give you so much knowledge in the time we have with you. It's what you learn afterwards that will set yeah. you up for the rest of your, your, your career, your, your, your pest control career. And, and they can also then, obviously, if they have more inquiries about the training uh, and, and, and what courses they can do, etc., they can obviously contact Paquita, which is the Pest Control Industry Training Academy, um, to find out more about training courses, etc. That is correct, yes. Okay, they've been referred to, to me by, let's say, a chemical company. Um, and so then I then steer them on to Paquita because whilst I am an assessor for Paquita, I'm not in charge of when the next course is going to be held. So it is better for them to speak to Paquita and get all the correct information and then maybe if they're in Durban, then I'm lucky enough to see them <laughs> when we do the training. <laughs> Just before we say goodbye, have a listen to this. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Van podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulated Plumber. 
Sue, I want to thank you once again. I did thank you in the beginning for your time and your effort in joining me for this episode. But now I want to thank you for having shared this valuable information um, with our audience. I think that um, you've clarified a few things for me that I haven't known before, and I think that it should be, you know, that carry the same value to to the audience as well. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Adam. I really appreciate it. And then lastly, thanks to the audience for having tuned in and listened in. We'll hope to see you in a next episode. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio. Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion. 